This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Monday, November 14th. I'm Julia Caulfield. In today's headlines, local municipalities look to identify affordable housing units, Smart prepares for winter with a new route, G is for government, previews Telluride Town Council, and a mountain weather forecast. Developing more affordable housing is top of mind for every government in San Miguel County. A good first step, figuring out what exists and where to build. The idea for a um, affordable housing map came out of our last IG meeting back in uh, August. And um, after that discussion, BOCC specifically um, tasked uh, county staff with uh, heading up that project and, it, and getting um, a map put together for the uh, unincorporated areas of San Miguel County. We also um, went ahead and did Norwood because it was a fairly simple ad. That's James Van Hooser, Assistant Manager for San Miguel County, presenting at an intergovernmental meeting last week with representatives from Telluride, Mountain Village, Ofer, Norwood, and the county. The map identifies 14 locations where there is affordable housing or where there will be. The map includes Diamond Ridge, land near San Bernardo, and Pinion Park in Norwood. Each location is identified with a green dot. Lawson Hill, 164 built units is the largest green circle uh, down to, you know, the Brown Homestead and Eider Creek circles that you can't see because there is only one unit there. Looking further south on the map. The San Bernardo neighborhood, as well as the county-owned Pathfinder uh, land site. That's our gravel pit that we have identified as um, a potential site for additional affordable housing. As you move west to Norwood. We've got the Cottonwood Creek Estates and the Habitat for Humanity. Um homes as well as Pending Park, which is currently under construction. Van Hooser notes he's happy to have a visual representation of affordable housing in the county available as a resource. I know all these numbers are in our heads and uh, written down in disparate places, but um, you know the direction was let's get it all in one spot and uh, happy to have this resource available now. Government officials applaud Van Hooser on the work, but want to see the map go even further. Here's Mountain Village Mayor Leila Benitez. I think it, it could only be helpful to, to add the information that we've shared with the county onto this map. And I think not only what we have in the county, but where the potential development sites are that are, are not only within the town of Mountain Village, but also the Mountain Village sites that are in the county as well and have have those potential sites also identified. I think that helps the community see how many different projects are in the works, where they're located. Um, and I think it helps all of us with planning. And, you know, I'm thinking about smart and, you know, bus routes and things like that. It only helps to have more information, I think, in this case. Telluride Town Council member Adrian Christie agrees. I feel like this is a great first draft and we would only benefit more as a community to in- include more information and um, maybe a little more specificity from the perspective of the town of Telluride housing subcommittee and sort of the efforts that we're working on updating our guidelines and things. This list of um, units has come up multiple times as something that we'd like to have like exist out there either in our guidelines or as a map, um, as a resource for people to understand exactly what's going on. Um, So 
more please, I guess is all I can say. Officials requested including information such as land zoning, size, if units are for rent or sale, and who constructed the units. The government's plan to create a subcommittee to discuss the map moving forward. The map as it stands will be posted on the San Miguel County website and the website for the San Miguel Regional Housing Authority. Starting this winter, commuters to Mountain Village won't need to trek to Telluride on their way to work. We're launching a new route um, from Lawson Hill to Mountain Village. That's David Averill, Executive Director of the San Miguel Authority for Regional Transportation. Averill notes a Lawson Mountain Village route is one of the final pieces to implement from their strategic operating plan. It's really going to be geared towards commuters. So just morning and evening trips, it won't be out throughout the whole day. It'll be running up through the core, up to the core of uh, Mountain Village. Uh, we'll, we will not be going into the meadows with that, just in, in the interest of, interest of saving time on the route. Averill notes the route will link commuters coming from Norwood and Down Valley. All the routes are going to interline with that, and the schedules are coordinated so we can hand people off from, say, like the Down Valley bus, the Norwood bus, um, so that they have a more direct link up to Mountain Village. Of course, anybody that just wants to drive to the park and ride, um, and enjoy the free parking down there in Lawson Hill can take the bus up as well. Um, and then, of course, there's people that live in Lawson Hill and work in Mountain Village. So, you know, hopefully it appeals to all, of, all or at least some of those markets. That's kind of what we're shooting for. He says it'll help commuters cut down on travel time. Frankly, it's kind of a long haul. If you live in Lawson Hill and you're inclined to take transit, you know, you got to take the Lawson Hill bus into town, which is 15 or 20 minutes, depending on traffic on the spur. And then it's another 15 or 20 minute ride um, up to the up to up the hill on the gondola. By making this link, we can get people to the core in about 10 minutes, 12 minutes from the Lawson Hill Park and Ride um, to the Mountain Village Core. Averill adds the route is a good piece of visioning as the region thinks about a new medical center coming to Lawson. Eye on the prize, like down the road, um, you know, with the medical center coming in out of their society turn. Uh, we know that we're going to have to provide some sort of direct connection uh, from Mountain Village so people can get directly to the health center, as opposed to making a sick person take the gondola into town and waiting for the bus and taking the bus out. So it's, uh, it's uh, I think, often overlooked travel pattern um, in the area. The new Lawson Mountain Village route will start on Friday, November 18th. Buses will leave Upper Lawson Hill at 7.35, 8.15, and 8.55, getting to the Centrum Building in Mountain Village at 7.55, 8.35, and 9.15 a.m. before returning to Lawson. In the evening, buses will leave Lawson at 4.40, 5.20, and 6 p.m. The bus route will be free. Telluride Town Council will meet on Tuesday and budget is on the brain. In this installment of G is for Government, Mayor Delaney Young steps in to preview what's on the docket. We are here with another installment of G is for Government, but we have a pinch hitter, which I think... We came up with D is for democracy. Is that what we said it was? I think it was. <laughs> I'm joined by Mayor Delaney Young. Thank you so much for being here and chatting with us. Thank you for reaching out. Telluride Town Council is back on Tuesday with a decent number of things going on. Maybe not necessarily like the juiciest topics the whole way through, but um, can you start off with what the work sessions are going to be in the morning? Absolutely. 
We are very excited to have representatives from the Telluride Regional Medical Center coming. There's a new CEO and there is a new board president and they're going to come check in with council. We also have the All Hazards Mitigation Plan from San Miguel County. There are no packet materials, so I'm excited to see what that's going to be. And probably the biggest topic of our meeting we have the work session in the morning and then a public hearing in the afternoon is, of course, our budget adoption. And, you know, without having um, approved the budget yet, so I'm not going to ask you specifically of like, what's the nitty gritty? But when you're thinking about what um, goes into a budget for the town as you work on that process, kind of what what does the budget look like for the town of Telluride conceptually? We started a practice at the town, and this was before my time on council, I would say about a decade, give or take, ago, of incorporating the adoption of our goals and objectives as well each year. And then our hope is that we can tie in as many things, if not everything, from our budget to our goals and objectives and be able to accomplish those. We start in August. It's a very long process. And Once we get through our goals and objectives, we dig into the general fund, which is one main bucket, and we dig into the capital fund, which is the other main bucket. And I think that apart from the length of the budget process, the really heavy lift is prioritizing what the entire community needs and making sure that we can accomplish our goals in relation to what everyone needs. Water, wastewater, those are pretty big ones. Street safety. (laughs) That work session is in the morning. You alluded to it or or mentioned it already, but you're going to have a public hearing on the budget in the afternoon. What else is going to be happening in the afternoon for town council tomorrow? We have also under action items... A couple of things related to the budget, which are the adoption of fees going into the next year and also uh, utility rates, which is done by ordinance pursuant to our own Home Rule Charter and Municipal Code rules. And a few other items that are on there, somewhat ministerial, however, they are kind of holdovers. I don't know what else to call them. We have several, five or six from my recollection of temporary use permits for dining opportunities at some of our local restaurants. As everyone knows, during COVID, we tried to expand outdoor opportunities as much as possible. And in the wintertime, those become covered outdoor opportunities, such as yurts, globes, greenhouses, those kinds of things. We have several of those on the agenda to ensure that people can continue to use those opportunities. And it's my understanding, um, getting a little ahead of ourselves, that staff is working on language to find a way to have these not have to come back to us all the time in our zoning. Well, Mayor Delaney Young, thank you so much for coming in, chatting with us briefly, and we'll see you on Tuesday for Telluride Town Council meeting. Thanks, Julie.
Telluride's Lego robotics team is officially one of the best in the region. The Brick Busters, which is what the kids name themselves, um, you know, we play second on the champions, like, and we're moving on to states. That's Luis Tavares, coach of the Robotics Club, a program part of the Pinhead Institute. The team competed in Fruta over the weekend and placed second out of 45 regional teams. You know, it's not about the awards or anything, but like it got to the last point. Everybody's like freaking out and, oh my God, like, do I get to go to state? And then, you know, when they said their names, like the kids almost ran down and they almost fell from the bleachers and it was pretty funny. And for me, you know, it, it was good. Like, you know, this is the uh, third year that I've been taking teams to states. So it's a big accomplishment for me. For the competition, the team completed a number of missions. You get a board with missions made by Lego, and then we have to make a robot to complete those missions in two and a half minutes, and then we have to come up with an innovation project, and the kids focus on lightning, like how to collect lightning and maybe help with the footprint that we all do. Next step, preparing for the next round. We just have to, you know, maybe try to make it better, do minor tweaks on the robot encoding, because we had a couple of issues, but, you know, keep telling the kids robot had bad days too. And, you know, they kept saying that and then, you know, it was good. The Lego Robotics team will compete in the state championships later this year. It's been six months since Mountain Film brought Stoke, Adventure, and Wilderness to the screens of Telluride. So now it's coming back on a smaller scale. Mountain Film is showcasing a number of short films this week as part of Mountain Film for Locals. The films will feature indigenous voices and stories. Mountain Film for Locals will take place at the Wilkinson Public Library on Tuesday, November 15th from 5.30 to 7 p.m. There are so many ways to travel the globe. By plane, train, automobile, and also riding. This winter, the Wilkinson Public Library will be circumnavigating the world through poetry. Poet Alyssa Dixon will host the Writing Play Shops, using short poems as prompts for exploring experiences and perspectives on how it feels to be alive in the world we live. The first play shop will dive into Japan, home of tea ceremonies, Zen gardens, bonsai trees, and calligraphy. The workshop will explore Japanese poems famous for their brevity and play with distilling stories down to the essence. Later in the series, writers will explore Spain, Sweden, Chile, Ethiopia, and India. The Around the World Writing Play Shops will take place the third Wednesday of the month from 10 a.m. to noon. The workshops will take place via Zoom. Registration is available at telluridelibrary.org. The Marshall Fire in Boulder County was the most destructive in Colorado history, destroying more than 1,000 homes. Resources to help people in the ongoing recovery have been centralized in a brand new location, the recently launched Marshall Fire Recovery Center. For Rocky Mountain Community Radio, KGNU's John Kellen has more. Hi folks, can you hear me? Thank you so much for being here. Ben Edelstein is co-chair of Marshall Restoring Our Community, MROC for short, and he was speaking at the opening of the Marshall Fire Recovery Center in Louisville. MROC was established early this year in the wake of the devastating wildfire that swept through parts of Boulder County in late 2021. 
It's a coalition of organizations working to help everyone affected. So the primary function of the center is to give a space for the families um, uh, that are working through the recovery uh, to come and meet with um, recovery navigators. Uh, through the Recovery Navigation Program. Eight of these recovery navigators will help guide people through the process of rebuilding and healing. It's intended for folks to, you know, not just meet with um, people that are helping with, uh, with their recovery, but also others, you know, as a gathering place for community members um, to get together and, you know, share their stories and share their resources. Part of every recovery is a, is a gathering place, a place where people can come to learn, gather information, heal, meet with their recovery navigators to um, file their claims and, and hopefully receive funding and support that they need. Lisa Rice is another of MROC's seven board members. She says that before the opening of the new Louisville Center, they operated out of several temporary spaces. We were meeting at the old Nordstrom building at the mall for a while, the first couple of months. Um, that was the donation site uh, right after the fires. And then we have been meeting at the Ascent Church, also in Louisville. The Marshall Fire Recovery Center is also meant to be a gathering place for groups and individuals to meet and talk about what they're going through. Our mental health support system will also be here um, throughout the days, so if people need that extra support, which we found um, has been very utilized over this process the last 10 months, um, so we want to make sure that there's a space for all of those things. Grant McCurry, who also serves on MROC's board, said they've received funding from different organizations most recently from the Center for Disaster Philanthropy. They gave us a really nice grant um, that will help fund this through 2023. We're hopeful that we can get most of the um, issues settled by then with the recovery navigators. With the magnitude of the disaster, the demand for services has been nearly overwhelming. McCurry says the new center should help alleviate that. There was such an a volume of incoming calls that the recovery navigators were having trouble getting back to the people. We're hopeful that that is better now. The Marshall Fire Recovery Center is planning a series of commemorative events through the entire month of December, leading to the first anniversary on December 30th. For KGNU, I'm John Kellen. The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for mostly clear skies tonight with a low around 10 degrees. Tuesday should be sunny during the day and mostly clear at night with a high around 25 degrees and a low around 10. Wednesday, expect sunny skies with a high near 30. Wednesday night should be mostly clear with a low around 10 degrees. This has been the news for Monday, November 14th. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 970-728-3206.